Welcome to Agent to Agent Remarks. Really just wanted to start up a conversation. The podcast dedicated to real estate ethics and best practices. Here to talk to you about the market. Hosted by broker Jeffrey Lavelle of The Brokerage, a real estate firm. We have some great interviews on this podcast. Hear expert guests related to the real estate industry discuss actionable advice, tips, and tricks. Now, here's Jeffrey Lavelle. All right. Well, welcome to Agent Age Remarks. I am Jeff Lavelle, and uh, I am going to make good on that fabulous intro about our actionable advice, experts in the industry. Uh, I have with me today a dear, dear friend, and uh, I will tell you that I am not exaggerating when I tell you that Camilla is probably one of the most capable, honest, caring, and uh, informative people that I know. And uh, I've been doing real estate for about 18 years, and I've been working with Camilla for at least, I would say, 12 of those years. And she's a loan officer, not just any loan officer, but probably the best loan officer that I have ever dealt with. And uh, I have dealt with many, as you can imagine. So uh, without further ado, uh, welcome, Camilla Davis. How are you? Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I'm doing well. What a beautiful, nice introduction. I appreciate that. Um, I... I did have to earn your business in the beginning, if you recall, <laughs> but you assured me that if I closed that loan, Ooh. I would get your business. And I made good on that. Absolutely. And you closed you that loan. That, that was the biggest thing. You closed <laughs> that loan, that loan which shall not be mentioned. <laughs> Well, thank you uh, for taking time to come over here and talk to me. You live out in Summerlin. I do. And so for those of you that don't know uh, the Las Vegas Valley, Summerlin is on the far, far west side. And my office is on the far, far east side, southeast side. So, uh, but thanks for making the journey down here. Thank you for having me. You are very kind. So I wanted to, oh man, right now the the hot topic in, in real estate and really the economy is interest rates. Right. I mean, we're hearing quite a bit about that. There's a little bit of fluctuation. I want to talk about interest rates today. I want to talk about how people get loans. Right. Like the first step. I've gone through that in other podcasts. Step one, step two, step three. Right. Okay. And then I want to talk about uh, you know some of the the tips and tricks that you have for folks. Now, I mentioned you're you're incredible at this lending thing, but you're like a magician. You have been able to put clients in things, uh, and this is what I want to pick your brain on. I don't want to give away trade secrets and your competitors are listening to I'm, I bet there are more loan officers listening to this today than anybody else uh, but I don't want them to uh, take all your secrets but I want to okay. know I'm always happy to share you are and you're amazing for that yep. but I want to cover those topics today so let's start with the topic that everybody's talking about interest rates okay so the great news this week has been that interest rates have certainly subsided um, we were peaking at six six and an eighth today we're down four eight seven five five percent so that's about a point drop in a very short time um and so if you have gone out and you do have clients that maybe got dissuaded by the high interest rates it's time to revisit that again uh rates i priced out an fha today at 4.875 uh, conventional with 5% down was 5, 5 and an eighth. So that's a huge improvement from literally a week and a half or two weeks ago. And so I, I know that that one of the things that we've been kind of relying on to give uh, our newer borrowers, you know, our millennials and and 
1980s kids that have grown up and are ready to buy now, uh, myself included in that group. But that group didn't know interest rates back then. They didn't know interest rates for the most part in the early uh, 2000s even, right? So what, how was- We were 10% on a subprime loan was 10 and a quarter or, you know, they were- High. So, so eighties. What are we talking? What, what what were the rates in the eighties? In the eighties, I was in high school, Jeff. <laughs> but but you know, as a loan oh, yeah, officer, digits, yeah, eighteen percent, fourteen, right? Okay, seventeen percent. So, when you're looking at four point eight seven five or five percent, it's it's uh, it's not that grave. So, so do you think maybe because because I think I started oh four rates were like six mm-hmm. and then when the market fell apart they were up to like seven mm-hmm. so I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of and, and don't anybody take this wrong but maybe we're a little spoiled that we've just had this incredible yeah. run of interest rates for a long time right we have been for a long time and so when you look at an interest rate today on an fha loan and you're looking to buy a four hundred thousand dollar house and your payment's going to be $2,500 with everything included, it's really pretty good. But, okay, $2,500 for an FHA loan. First, how's, what's our down payment? 3.5%. 3.5% of the purchase price. Okay. 14175 I will tell you this. I do property management, as you know. $2,500 is a little more than I would probably be getting for rent on a property like that, but not by much. Not by much at all, and by the time I get your first month's rent, twenty five hundred, mm-hmm. or we'll say twenty two hundred, I get your let's just say double security deposit because so many people um, are moving from out of state. So that's another forty four. So we're at sixty six hundred um, key, all the other stuff. I mean, you're going to probably be close to seven grand in seventy two hundred and move in. So. It is a lot more. I mean, we're talking double that for your down payment, but we're not talking 20%, right? That's a big misnomer. Big misnomer. We can do conventional 3% down. Let's say you have a borrower who has a good credit score. Okay. Um, and they the de- debt to income isn't the problem. We can go 3% down. And that's that's pretty reasonable. That's very reasonable. FHA it, is 3.5% right. down. Uh, But a lot of times when I have clients come to me who, in their brain, they think they want to do an FHA loan, first-time home buyer. This is the key words they always throw at me. And then I pull their credit score, and they've got a 680 or a 690. I can oftentimes get them into a conventional 3% down with a better payment than an FHA loan with the upfront mortgage insurance and the monthly mortgage insurance premium that's higher than on a conventional loan. So, okay, so I've talked in the previous podcast episode, you know, the first step in buying a house is talking to the loan officer, right? I don't know a realtor out there that knows what they're doing that is gonna take a buyer out before they talk to somebody like you. So, uh, first step, talk to you. Tell me, let's break down for everybody listening before we get too far along, what are the types of loans? Okay. That we deal with here. I mean, I know there's more, but what are we dealing with most often? Most often we deal with a FHA, first-time homebuyer program. Percentage on that is? 3.5% okay. down. Or we deal with a conventional loan ranging for the down payment between 3 to 20 or more percent. But there's a wide range in there of what you can put down to get optimal mortgage insurance monthly and keep that payment reasonable. And then... There's a small percentage of people that can come, and there's one program left on down payment assistance um, for a FHA loan, and it's actually a pretty good program. Let's say you don't have 3.5% down. I do have a program that allows certain borrowers to get that as a down payment. Okay. As a, 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 it's a bond, but... And do they have to pay that back? Uh, no, if they stay in the house for three years, it's completely forgivable. Wow. So every month, one thirty-sixth of the down payment amount they gave them is forgiven. So let's say they sell it after a year or two. Okay. Then they only have to pay back, you know, 12 months of 
whatever that okay. broken so down was. So it's prorated based, on, based yeah. on when they sell. But what you said, 136. So every month for three a years that they live there, they give a portion yeah. of that down payment help. Yeah. Awesome. So FHA is ideal for someone. Let's say they're uh, they're more lenient with credit scores, with with your debt to income ratios, with perhaps some derogatory events in the past, maybe a short sale, maybe a foreclosure, maybe, you know, you got a bankruptcy. Mm. So FHA is a little more lenient with borrowers that may have had a credit repercussion or income issue in the past. And see, that's that's another thing that I think we both know we run into is this idea that you have to be perfect no. to get a loan. Oh, you'd be amazed. <laughs> and you'd you have amazed. you have amazed me on many occasion where, uh, you know, we've got a client that appeared initially to be great. And then they sent you the paperwork Oops. that you needed. And all of a sudden we find out they've got alimony, Oopsie. maybe some child support they didn't talk about. Maybe they, you know, Oopsie. bought a car recently. So uh, you have been amazing on on all those things. And of course, the the, the we live in Las Vegas and we have this uh, amazing Air Force Base here, Nellis Air Force Base, and in another incredible place, Creech Air Force Base. Um, so we got one more type of loan and that VA. is VA. And right now on on uh, VA is also a, a very good loan. I think in the past, a lot of agents have been very reticent to accept a VA offer. Mm. I will tell you that in the last many years, the VA appraisers have been phenomenal. The underwriting's great. Um, the borrowers are typically some of my favorite borrowers. Mm-hmm. They are respectful they're they're just great people i love them well and and i think uh you know the the problem we have is just this miseducation right we have this totally okay so let's historically yes the va loan required the seller to pay extra fees and really in today's world i i rarely have a seller i mean now we're going into a different market here today yeah i believe um but i i have done a gazillion VA loans where the seller didn't pay anything extra. So I think that's important to know. It's an important misnomer. And I th- I do offer on a VA loan, just so you know, um, policemen. Um, police officers. Police we gotta be, we got to remember those ladies out there like my mom that were police officers, Camilla. I mean, <laughs> of all people, of all people. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm teasing you. I'm sorry. Um, but I do have a heroes program where I, where I give the borrower a thousand dollars for closing. That's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's frontline workers, veterans, a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, and so that's a really great program. And I think the VA loan, let's say you have a borrower who wants to buy a condo and they're VA approved. There's a list of about 380 condos that the VA has already approved. And see, that's a problem because not every property is FHA eligible, right? Exactly. That's a big issue is big. financing condos mm-hmm. that are FHA. Correct. And out in Vegas, I mean, you and I went through this very recently, which was devastating. Um, mm. Some properties look like they're townhomes. And in the tax record, it says townhome row house. And then all of a sudden, we get the uh, HOA information back and find out that it's a damn condo. condo. And then we're screwed because mm-hmm. this uh, FHA eligibility thing. So VA has this really incredible... So loan limit on VA. What's the loan limit there? Uh, there is no loan limit on right? VA. Right? Okay. Unlimited. So, yeah, unlimited. So that's a really good, uh, really good loan if you're a veteran out there. Um, and here's something interesting not a lot of people know. I talked about it at your last meeting. Um, there is something called second and use entitlement. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a borrower that owns a home in Ohio. Okay. And they use their VA entitlement. And then they get relocated out here. And they go, well, I have a house there. But sometimes, and I've done two or three of them, they actually have an S entitlement to buy another VA loan with using their VA entitlement. So, so okay, so let me just let me ask it this way. So let's just say my entitlement is 700,000 and I got a house in Ohio for 200. So you're saying I got 500 mm-hmm. left. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. It's really interesting and it's and it's very 
borrower specific, okay, right? So it because depends I have on to their... look up their entitlement and see what they've used. Um, but I've actually had several people, in fact, one gentleman who was buying about a $900,000 house and he only had to put down $20,000. That's amazing. I know. It actually was. So there are some tricks like that that a lot of people maybe aren't aware of. Okay. Um, and on VA, we are less concerned about your debt to income. It has more to do with residual income, which is a whole other big factor. But what I'm going to say about that is uh, they're a little more lenient. Okay. Well, and so one of the other things, uh, I want to just backtrack a smidge. Um, so the the you and I have gone round and round with this, not arguing about it, but just making sure we've nailed it down. The VA, what they call non-allowable fees, right? Mm-hmm. So there's certain fees that veterans are not allowed to pay. Um, and so one of those is transaction fees, right? Realtors right. Uh, or real estate agents sometimes charge a transaction fee. Uh, like a dock fee that you would get at a car, you know, when you're purchasing a car. Um, commission, right? They can't pay on the buyer side because we're talking about getting a loan. The buyer side, they can't pay a commission. And then they can't pay the escrow fee. Mm-hmm. The escrow fee is, nor- well, in, in Clark County, it's customary to split that fee 50-50. Mm-hmm. And then they're not allowed to pay for the termite inspection. Even though we don't have termites as a whole here in Las Vegas, we do have some pockets of subterranean termites. But generally speaking, we don't have them here. We still have to have a VA pest inspection or termite wood-destroying pest inspection. And they're not allowed to pay for that. So we're talking 75 bucks for the VA termite. Correct. We're talking maybe between – it depends on the house. But let's just say on average four or $500 for the escrow fee. Um, their, their agent has to eat that transaction fee i mean realistically right transaction fee can't so that's gonna have to get paid by somebody other than the veteran or eaten by the broker right and so realistically the seller's extra and you can't see me air quoting camilla can see me air quoting the extra fee is what less than 600 bucks Mm -hmm. and you get to give a veteran not giving him a house but you're helping a veteran Mm -hmm. get into a home right because they had to so what is the eligibility just for those veterans listening um what documents do you need in order to start looking at their ability to get a va loan so if they're active military i just need their w-2 and their les Okay. Um, now if, acronyms are gonna they'll understand the acronyms. So I don't. I guess it doesn't yeah, matter. But what's what's it's the LES? A, uh, leave an earning statement. Okay. Oh, oh okay, yes. So yes, it's yes. a paycheck. It's like a paycheck, right? Okay. Um, and if you have been discharged or separated, I need something called a DD two fourteen. Okay. And they should know how to get they that, or you those. can get it. When you get separated from service, you get a DD two fourteen. Okay. And it's a document that states your service time, where you served, what you did and how you were discharged and so everybody tends to know that but that's all i really need and then you can start the process of deciding i can find whether, out okay what you're uh eligible for now this is off the track a little bit but i i know that like the gi bill the getting your your education can mm-hmm. be assigned to a child or subordinate or dependent right mm-hmm. is that same similar at all with the va loans or no Mm-mm. No. Okay. Just thought, you know, thought I'd throw it out there. A widow of a veteran. A widow? Okay. Has widow benefits. Okay. That's the case where um, it would stretch, but. But not, you can't not get to children. the kids. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, you know, you got to mm-hmm. give them, got to get something. I can get them an FHA loan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about FHA. FHA. Conventional. VA. VA conventional uh-huh. is very widespread. Um, in terms of down payment and um, and then we get into jumbos and stuff like that but mm-hmm. for the for the average person they're looking at these conforming loan products FHA VA conventional uh, anywhere from three percent to whatever they can afford really right mm-hmm. I mean they could get a 50 percent conventional loan yeah. <laughs> yeah so but for the most part we're looking at three percent down minimum FICO scores what are the minimums on FICO scores really on uh VA would go down to 580. Wow. Jeez, Louise. FHA is 600. Okay. We like 600. 600. So I you... think I've gotten them done below that on a manual underwrite. Which okay. I don't need to throw around because it's not something we want to talk about. But um, I think there's exceptions made for below that. But you're going to have a rough time with the interest rate. Okay. If your credit score is below 600 on that. So interest rate. In... No, go ahead. It, conventional. Uh, 
you really, I mean, they talk about, we do hear Fannie Mae, we hear Freddie Mac, we talk about the minimum required credit score, but ideally on a conventional loan, you really, to get a reasonable rate and get and get a program that you can live with, you really need a 660. So the, the, the interest rate that you get, the mortgage insurance that you're required to pay, because mortgage insurance, for those of you who don't know, uh, when you're paying less than 20% of the loan amount, of the purchase price, when you're paying less than 20% of the purchase price, you're getting uh, mortgage insurance. With FHA, that mortgage insurance is for the life of the loan. So you never get rid of it until you refinance, right? And then for conventional, if you put 10% down, how long do you have to have the loan before they will give you that that mortgage insurance relief? I know it's 20, you got to get 20% equity, but is it a minimum couple years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And technically, yes, they want you to keep it for a couple years. Like okay. when we were going through rapid uh, growth and appreciation, right. people were wanting to get the mortgage insurance off in six months. Right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, you know, the other side of the coin is you can refinance and get it off on FHA. Uh, I've had people refinance after a year and get it off. So what, uh, you know, I bring you a buyer. I say, hey, Camilla, Bob called me up, wants to get a loan. What what does he need to provide to you? What What's the next step? So typically, I, I do like to have a conversation with people because that's kind of where I get to know you. And I find out, you know, are you moving here from Arizona? Do you have a job here? Are you moving here and thinking you're going to get a job? Because that's an mm. issue that I need to know up front. Um, and so usually I do like to have a conversation with people. And I am always happy, Jeffrey, as you know, to even just muse with people. And they say, okay, I want to spend... $2,000 a month, Camilla, this is what I make. Um, and I'd love to see where that gets me. And I get their liabilities, which are their debts every month, such as uh, car payment, credit card bills, student loans, boat payments, whatever that looks like. And I'm always happy to do a rough calculation. But let's say you call me and say, okay, Camilla, I've got this buyer. She wants to go see this house tomorrow and she wants to put an offer in. I typically will start with, again, having a conversation. I do need, if you are a wage earner, meaning you're paid hourly or salary, I do need W-2s, two pay stubs. I don't send you out or nor any of these other agents out with someone that isn't really qualified. I do my due diligence and I get, uh, if you're self-employed, I'm going to tell you that it's going to take a couple days because I need their... 1065s or their business returns, their personal returns. I need all of that. But typically, I like to start with where are you comfortable with in a payment? Let's start there. Um, what do you make? What are your liabilities? And what do you have for a down payment? And so it's pretty simple, Jeff. It It is a pretty simple process. I try to make it as easy on everyone as possible. Um but I typically am not going to send you out in a car with an agent without your credit and without some income documentations because yeah, it's I, just a waste of time. I've never had you do that. I mean, I've never, never had you waste my time. I, I I can't recall, aside from somebody backing out, where you and I haven't closed a loan. No. And there's been some, <laughs> there have been some dicey ones where I was, <laughs> I was biting my fingernails. I know them well. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, I had a guy who came to me from an agent, not in this office, and he was a real big shot. I've got an 800 and I'm going to buy this $2 million house and, you know, I'm all good. And listen, he was a big business owner and I gave a prequal letter. And let me tell you that I learned my lesson. Mm. Yeah. And once I ended up pulling that guy's credit, he didn't have the credit score that he thought. Well, and I've I've told agents when I'm teaching, you know, classes and stuff, uh, the person that tells you, oh, don't worry, I'm good for it, or oh, don't worry, uh, this will be an easy, oh, yeah. oh you know, because, you, you know, call you up, hey, I saw this house you got over on uh, 10th Street or whatever, and, you know, I uh, want to go look at it, and, you know, you always ask, you know, are you pre-approved? Oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm uh, I'm good, yeah, you won't have to worry about that, I, I can get a loan, no problem. And that's the guy. That's the one that you find out has a really interesting financial All situation. Sorts of scrappy. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so, yeah, I I had to do a major undo on that yeah. prequel letter. Oof. And that wasn't pretty, and that no. wasn't that long ago. Maybe that was three or four years ago, but I have learned very well that lesson. So, anyway, the point is being that nine times out of ten, if you do have a borrower who's like, hey, Kamala, hold on, I don't want you to pull my credit yet, um, a lot of times people will say, hey, I have my credit karma or I pulled a credit report sure. on Experian or sure. whatever. Yeah. And that's great. Um, but if they tell me they're an 800 on credit karma, I'm like, great. Or 720, we're good. If they say I'm a 610 or 630, I'm like, yeah, I need to pull your credit before you go out. Um, the mortgage world uses a very different algorithm mm. than what you see as a consumer credit score on your credit card or your credit karma or anything like that it's a different way of calculating the risk okay so, so what anyway. i'm what i'm seeing as a consumer isn't necessarily what you're looking at when you're Not qualifying okay and sometimes it's higher right sometimes what you see and what i i pull and it's higher mm. you know maybe your credit cards are heavily weighted when the report was pulled meaning they your balance was higher than because um, when it reported to FICO or Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, you had not paid it off yet, but four mm -hmm. days later you did, and so that that affects Credit things. Credit Karma's live, right? Because it's it's an engine from the bureau, right? So what I pull is okay. Let's call it stale data. Mm -hmm. It's reported between the first and the seventh of every month. Okay. So let's say they paid their credit card off on the second or whatever. When the bureaus pull that data, I'm not going to see that new balance. Right. So well, that's, that's a lot of information. That's interesting. Yeah. But basically, um, I I like to get a credit report. I like to get some income documents. And then we just talk about what makes your borrower happy, what they want to put down. Maybe they have a lot of money to put down. Sometimes I tell people, hey, I know you want to put down an extra 4.5%. But really look at your payment right. and let's save that money because when you move in, you probably want a new carpet or sofa or exactly. blinds or something. And so there are times people are always afraid to tell me, well, I've got... I've got this money in the bank. And I'm like, that's okay. Tell me everything. I'll sort through what I want to know. And what I don't want to hear right. uh, is a specific thing. I sometimes don't hear things. And... Um, but sometimes they'll say, well, I don't want to tell you all the money I have because I don't want to use it all. And I go, trust me, I'm the first one that's going to tell you, borrow the money from the bank at 5.8 or 5% right. and let's move on. Leave your cash in the bank. And you're going to get a big tax write-off, right? right? A lot of people that make pretty good money um, don't have the advantage of that mortgage interest write-off. Mm. So even though sometimes you do say, oh, I'm putting $14,000 down, at the end of the year, you're going to get a huge tax benefit. Awesome. Okay. So along the lines of credit, you know, you get a buyer that comes to you and says, oh, I'm approved with whatever internet mm -hmm. lender uh, uh, du jour, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we've had our experiences with those, those, right? There's a lot of, what well, you, you do a lot of rescues, I as do. I say, right? You've got mm -hmm. Bob, uh, we'll say Nancy this time. Nancy gets a internet lender mm -hmm. on the line, right? Submits her two pieces of information and they go, hey, congratulations. And then the you know, naive agent goes out there and writes the offer and a, 10 days before closing, they're like, well, we're going to need an extension of 30 days because they didn't know what they were doing, right? And then that's when they call Camilla and say, please, dear God, save uh -huh. us from this escrow. Uh -huh. So Let's talk about that. Well, then, well let, me ask, let me ask a question. If I pulled my credit with, you know, superstar internet lender uh -huh. over there, can I come and get a second opinion from the yes. master? So you you have a 20-day umbrella okay. that you're under. Let's say you go to an internet lender and they pull your credit you're under an umbrella for 20 days which means you have the opportunity to mortgage shop without it hurting you okay i had a gentleman ask me the other day you know he he'd gone to a new build and they pulled his credit at four or five new build places and he called me to say hey my score dropped you know why did that happen well, that was a different case. He had been after the 20 days. But you are under this umbrella window, and you do have the opportunity to shop. 
Okay. The one thing I will say that I hear every single time I get a call from someone who's calling me to rescue them from internet lender that promised them a lower rate, promised them low fees, promised them the world, and we are down to a week before closing and none of that is true, Mm. they come to me and they, they just go, oh my goodness, I can get a hold of you. Like, I can talk to you. You can come to my office. You can meet with me. And I think when when you get into the weeds with someone on the internet, let me tell you how hard it is to get a hold of them. Right. No, I've been there. And it's, it's you know, I, I tell people, hey, look, I, it's no secret. I think you're the greatest loan officer. And I've said it t- twice already in this uh, podcast episode. But <laughs> and she's not paying me to say this. Um, I am loyal to service. I'm loyal to results. I love you to death. But if you couldn't close a loan, we'd just be friends. <laughs> um, so I've had clients that have come to me and I've said, look, I know that you came to me with ABC online lending or such and such federal credit union do me a favor and just talk to Camilla. Uh, Because I want to make sure, even if you said to me, hey, Jeff, you know what? Solid borrower, no problems. You know, any lender could close this loan. That's comforting. Yes, you Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't try to steal the deal. Um, But, you know, there's been occasion where you have said, I don't know what they thought this person had, but in talking to them, this is not a a lending situation. We can't get this person alone. And I always, I, I will say that to your agents out there, even if you're working with someone else, uh, Jeffrey's called me with someone that is working with Builder A or Builder B or, you know, someone. And I'm always there just to bounce, like, hey, what about this? And the borrowers are always happy because the person they're dealing with probably isn't giving them a whole lot of information. Right. And and I will say this, too, um, just as a kind of an, uh, a heads up, you know, where technology has really... I think exploded in the in the last ten years, right? I mean, um, certain big internet corporations that are in real estate didn't exist twelve or fifteen years ago, and now they're you know the the name in real estate in some cases, but the lending has really exploded, and I and I think what people don't realize is your cell phone, your internet searches your conversations that you're having near your Alexa or your Google Home, these platforms are listening. They're eavesdropping. So when you're talking to your significant other or you're, you know, having a discussion at lunch about, oh, we're going to buy a home, your phone is hearing that. Your Apple, your Droid, whatever it is, it's hearing this conversation and it's creating a new ad campaign for you. And so why all of a sudden do you have 15 emails from internet lenders with these incredible teaser rates? And I call them their teaser rates because they don't exist. I mean, if you have an, you know, 950 FICO score, I'm joking, but if you have a, a perfect FICO score and, you know, 2% debt to income ratio, you qualify for this teaser. You're right. And you're paying three, right, exactly. So these, these rates don't exist. But my point is you are going to start getting these teasers And I've seen so many people taken off of a doable path in the middle of an escrow where they say, Jeff, I'm changing lenders. And I said, excuse me, you're doing what? Well, I got this great email from blee, blee, blah, uh, lender, and they're going to beat this rate. And I have said, look, (laughs) one, you're probably too far to make a change at this point. And two, it's... Called advertising. Not, yeah, it's advertising. It's they're called tr- advertising. They're trying to get you in the hooks, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, just as a as a word of caution to you out there, if you have had a discussion about buying a home, if you've searched online, googled, um, you know, real estate lenders or loan officers, anything like that, I want to buy a home. If you're browsing the big internet websites that uh, that cater to home searches you're being tracked and they're going to find you and they're going to market to you. Um, So don't fall victim to those things, especially in the middle of your deal. If you're going to get this stuff fleshed out, do it up front before you've written an offer on a house, before you've gotten committed, you've purchased uh, an inspection, paid for an appraisal, do your due diligence up front. The other thing that's interesting that, Uh, the news loves to talk about interest rates. Mm. So occasionally a borrower will say to me, 
hey, I saw on the news that I can get, you know, whatever that rate is. I don't know what that rate is, but whatever that is today. Yeah. And what you don't know is that the rate on the news is a national average. It's a national average of everyone putting 40% down, 50% down, 3%. Ah. So they average that. Interesting. And so it isn't really a viable rate. The other thing is that typically if you go into your bank and you're like, oh, wow, that's a good rate. Uh, You're looking at a rate that is typically, yes, a 740, 50 credit score or higher. You're looking at 20 or minimum down and you're looking at paying points. Mm. And so I don't quote point rates because I don't always think it's the smartest fiscal decision you'll make. In case rare cases, there is times that it is good. But that is something else people don't really realize, that it's a national average. They're not giving you a rate for Nevada. Now, let's think about this. Nevada was one of the hardest hit states during right, the foreclosure. Right. So if you really talk to investors in the secondary market, people that we get the rates from, in Nevada is still considered uh, high, higher risk. So let me talk about that. So you used some phrasing that people might not be familiar with. And no, it, it's good. No, 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 it's good because I, I think it, it gives us opportunities to expand on things. So you talked about points. So expand on points a little bit. Tell me, I come to you and I've got a, well, let's just say an average or marginal credit score. I'm putting a minimum down payment, but I want... I get these buyers, Camilla, and you know who they are. They're fixated on the rate. They they want to get the lowest rate. And I get it. Who wants to pay more interest than they have to? But what is this point thing? So let's thing? talk about that. People are fixated on a rate for 30 years. And I'm going to hear to tell you that nine times out of 10, those people are going to be in that house for five years or less. So why are we worried about a rate for 30 years, right? Why are we saying, I want this rate for 30 years, you're going to live in that house for three to five years probably, and then you're going to move on. On rare occasions, people are like, no, I'm never moving. Um, But you can buy rate down. So it isn't one for one. So you're not paying um, what we call in in mortgage world, we're not paying 1% of the loan amount, which would be... um, you know, $5,000 on a $500,000 loan, you're not getting 1% for a 1% reduction. Okay. Okay. You're usually getting, paying 1% for an eighth or a quarter, depending on the market. Wow. It's very different. So Every you're, oh, day so is, you're saying, okay, wow. It's, it just depends on the market that day. Right. So I can't tell you an exact amount. But you're you're just saying that if someone's paying and this is what we refer to as back to black, right? So when you've got somebody that wants to refi, this is a, a prime example because we know with refinance we know what their rate is today, right? They've already owned the home. Let's say they're this happened in spades. I mean, we were having every every the record refinances in history happened mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Um, but they were you know, like I think my rate was four and four point seven five on our house, and I called you up and I said, "Hey, it looks like it's a good time to refi. What do you think?" And now I'm in the twos, a stu- stupid two something percent. Mm-hmm. So it cost me money to do that, though, mm-hmm. right? It cost me money to refinance my loan, and it's not. We're not talking points because I didn't buy down points, but we're talking about escrow. How much you're saving? versus how much it costs you. And so in the case of buying points down, how much are you saving on the monthly payment versus the cost of buying the points down? And how long is it going to take you with those monthly savings to recoup that actual real money? Because you're spending real dollars, Mm -hmm. right, to buy the rate down. And how many months of that savings? Right. And that's a huge calculation. If you're going to, it's going to cost you, it's going to take you five years and two months to recoup the cost of buying this rate to that rate that you think is your ideal sweet spot. Are you going to be in the house in five years? And nine times out of ten, I'm like, it's going to take me five years? Mm. Yeah. And I said, it's saving you whatever it is, $50 a month, $40 a month. Tell me how many times you go to the coffee store and spend six bucks right on a cup of coffee so that's you know 
So you're looking, and that's that's a pr- prime example. I mean, you're looking at somebody who is gonna gonna fixate on that interest rate only to realize that it's going to take, and, and if they sell anywhere between that five years and two months that you mentioned, they lost money. You really need to look at that. And let's say in a year and a half, you decide your husband gets relocated to North, you're moving to Nashville. Guess what? All that money you spent on the rate, buying the rate down, poof, gone. So I think it 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 really requires some 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 real numbers which i do for everybody that thinks they want to buy the rate down i do the hard numbers i Mm -hmm. tell them exactly where their cross point is and how long it will take them to recoup that savings and then nine times out of ten they're like oh yeah no not worth it not worth it and that's a similar thing you know when i'm helping someone buy a home and (laughs) we have the benefit of getting closing costs paid Mm -hmm. you know you'll get it happens a lot. Home inspection happens. You find out there's, I don't know, 10 punch list items on a home and the client will come and go, well, I want a discount. And I'm like, okay, well, $2,500 off the price of the home is not as good as $2,500 towards your closing costs. And so trying to explain to people how many years it's going to take them to save the, you know, because $2,500 in closing costs is $2,500 you don't bring to escrow. So it's a similar proposition that I have to do for them to kind of explain why they should trust my my strategy in getting that closing cost and leave the purchase price alone. Mm-hmm. Leave that alone. You know, I had one guy, it was <laughs> years ago, he looked at me, he goes, well, you just want me to get a closing cost credit because you want to make more money. Mm. Ah. So yeah, I, I was going to make an extra $30 by keeping the sales price alone, you know, leaving that alone. And that was my motivation. I have a client right now who <laughs> decided from 10% that scared her a little bit, even though that's where we went into. She then said, run the numbers at five. And then she came back to me and said, okay, Kamal, I want to put down seven. Mm. I said, it's going to save you $45 a month. Not worth it. I said, keep that money in your pocket. You're going to want a new couch yep. or a new chair a new bedding, whatever it is. And she was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, $45. She was like, oh, we're good. I don't know many of my clients that haven't gotten a new set of towels, a new plunger, a new scrub brush for the toilet, new bath mats, uh, new kitchen plates. I mean, people, when they move into a new house, it's they it's like this catharsis and they want everything. So it's like, yeah, keep the money, <laughs> leave all this stuff off your credit card. Um, don't pay 27% interest on your card. Keep the money in your pocket, have a slightly higher mortgage payment, $45 and save the cash to, and have a bigger there you go. interest right off at the end yeah. of the year. Done. Done. So we've talked about types of loans. We've talked about interest rates. We've talked about getting pre-approved. Super easy to get pre-approved. Right. Super easy. And it's the first step. You can't do anything without that. And I'm the type, I always like to say, I like to take you to dinner before I want to take you home for the night. (laughs) So sometimes I like to tell people, tell me your liabilities. Tell me your car payment. Give me your credit cards. Tell me what you make. Right. Um, at least read the digits off on your W-2 or your pay stub for me so that I know we're we're in the right ballpark. And let me get you some numbers before I get really personal with you and get your social and your date of birth right. and, you know, run your credit. Um, but I think that's important. Sometimes people just want to dip their toe in the water. But you're going to find out eventually. And that's what I guess I don't oh, understand yeah. is you're going to get to it because lenders and underwriters and, oh, that's what I want to do eventually. I want to meet an underwriter. I've been in this business 18 years. I've never met an underwriter in person. I don't think they exist. Anyway, um, but you have, you you lending industry have figured every trick in the book out and so you're not going to hide your alimony you're not going to hide your child support you're not going to hide the you know promissory note you signed to some person because they're going to look at your finances and find it so just be honest Mm -hmm. you have overcome a lot of issues for clients of mine over the years oh yeah but you know i was going to say the underwriter uh it would be fun to get an (laughs) underwriter um but it's so fascinating to me in today's world jeffrey the amount of research and background work that goes into that file before it 
ever is seen by the underwriter. Right. The underwriter validates. She sniffs out strange things, mm-hmm. maybe says, hey, I need another pay stub or are they really moving? Is their employer going to let them work from Nevada? Right. Things like that. But I got to tell you that so much of the file, I do my, I do crazy due diligence. And then it goes to my assistant who does more due diligence. And then it goes to a setup person that's like, hey, wait a minute. What about this? Right. So by the time it gets to the under, and then it goes to the processor, then it goes to the underwriter. She sort of is validating everybody else's work. <laughs> so you have, you know, six sets of eyes that are oh, going to yeah. go. So so don't, you know, come on. Not to mention, don't commit loan fraud. Like, don't mm-hmm. try to keep stuff from your loan officer when they need to know about it because that's also a no-no. I would say tell me everything. Yeah. And I'll decide what I wanted to hear and what I don't want to hear. Well, not to mention you can explain things. I, I mean, explain. you're able to, to make exceptions for I stuff. I can help you yeah. navigate if, you know, yeah, you've got cash in your mattress or something. We can figure that out. So you've been doing loans for two and a half years now. (laughs) How many years? I should ask this up front. How many years have you been doing loans? Uh, 23 years. 23 23 years. years. So just getting started. Just getting started. Just getting my feet warm. And uh, I I think the, the great thing is... You know, for the real estate agents out there listening, you you really can't be effective. You cannot be effective without a trusted team. And that means having a group of loan officers that you trust, having home inspectors that you can refer people to and have them evaluate, um, you know, knowing a good title and escrow company or for, um, you know, you need to be able to provide your clients with the tools to be successful. I don't hire an attorney for my defense uh, and then ask them, you know, expect that I'm going to have to find who my expert witnesses are. I mean, you, you go to your doctor and they refer you to the radiologist. They refer you to the specialists. I mean, it's the same thing in real estate. You've got to have a great team behind you or you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to hold and control the whole thing. I know that when I pass a client over to Camilla, uh, and this isn't, uh, again, an advertisement for you, but it's about having a good team. When I pass my client over to someone, one, I know my client's going to get taken care of because there's nothing worse than having a client call up and say, oh, I didn't like this person because they, you know, were rude to me. Um, but, you know, knowing that you can let that person do their job. So case in point, okay. Back in the REO days, oh, and speaking of which, I'm going to have a great episode with a wonderful REO agent uh, in a couple of weeks here, and I'm going to nail her down for a time so we can interview, but uh, anyway, that's coming. But back in the REO days when we were selling bank-owned properties all day long, Wells Fargo, ooh, I shouldn't, I don't know, whatever, uh, remind, it rhymes with Wells Fargo, Uh <laughs> Uh, Bank of America, these loan officers, these retail loan officers in town, their approval letters were floating around in editable Word documents. And agents out there would just write whatever the hell they wanted to write on it and send it over to you. And then you'd open the escrow and send the approval letter, you know, send the loan officer the contract uh, as the listing agent. And what would they say? I didn't approve this borrower. Or, oh, uh, okay, no idea who this person was. And you would get these transactions that would fall apart. So um, two weeks ago, very, very, very dear clients, um, trusted referral came to me, um, retired from our collective industry, not real estate, but not realtor, but from the collective industry, and asked me to sell her home. Huge, huge compliment, right? Because she knows thousands of, of course, us yeah so i was like absolutely get the deal uh let's get the property listed little issues with timing you know, we had to adjust our price improve our price as we're saying nowadays and we get an offer we have two offers all of a sudden right that's the way it is you have none and then you have 10 so as i always do emailed the lender hey dear lender can you tell me that you verified the buyer the way your approval letter says. Did you get assets? Did you get income? Did you get credit? Did you get employment? Did you get all those things? I email every lender. Oh yeah, Jeff, everything's great. We can even close this one early. This is a slam dunk. This is a slam 
dunk is what he told me. Now, that should have been my red flag. I should have known better. But sure as hell, buyer deposits earnest money. Or no, no, no. Buyer was was dragging feet on earnest money. And I'm calling the title company. Where's the earnest money? Calling the agent. Where's the earnest money? God bless the agent. She was newer. And I said, uh, where are we at? Agent calls me up and says, I'm so, so sorry, but the buyer's not approved. What? So I put the guy on blast. I include the other agent because she needs to know what was was said. Because I don't include the other agent on the email when I start out. Email the other. Slam dunk. Yeah. What happened to our, I go, what happened to our slam dunk? And he goes, I'll be happy to discuss this with you over the phone. No, dude, you're done. You're done. Your word is bond in this industry. And if you can't give me a solid buyer and then I ask you about it and you still come to me with a bunch of crap, you're done. You're dead. You're outside the, the, the Fokker circle of trust. Okay. <laughs> you ever know what happened? No. Actually. Was it a big bank? No, it was a local uh, place. But I told that agent who was very new and very nice that she better get a really good lender in her corner. And I gave her your number and she called you. Oh, she did. Yeah. Yeah, the bar never called me. Then. I know. But still, yeah. the point was, this guy had every opportunity to say, well, you know, we missed out on the other borrower. Thankfully, I got that back because we canceled and I called the agent and we got the deal on. But it's so stressful when you got to go to your sellers. And if it's beyond my control, yes. like someone, like I had a lady years ago who was qualifying by the hair on her chin. Mm-hmm. And I get a call a few days before docs go out. Camilla, do you know that your client went to Mercedes and has an inquiry on her credit? <laughs> and I was like, no. No. Back in those days, I don't know about today, but back in those days, they would say, you need to call your borrower and find out. Mm. Today, they don't trust me to relay the proper information. Mm. You know, they call themselves, yeah. I think. Yeah. And my borrower was like, well, yeah, I bought a, I co-signed for a car for my boyfriend for $1,280 a month. A month. I was like, baby, I hope you love that car because you don't qualify. Because you're going to be living in it. it. <laughs> and so, Jeez. you know, there's things like that that are beyond your control. Yeah. And the agent was furious at me. And I go, I'm not the one that bought a Mercedes. Well, and you tell your clients, no big change. I've heard you say it. No big Never. changes. Don't, you know, if you pay your credit cards every month, keep paying your. Don't if you, yeah, no buy changes. Buy a pack in- of gum Ugh. on credit. People call me almost every time where we got a closing on a house. Camilla, Home Depot's having a sale. I'm like, Home Depot's always having a sale. Yeah. Let's just get it straight. Leave it alone. I need to go buy these washer and dryers today. I'm like, okay, are you buying? You called me. I did, yeah, a couple weeks ago. And I said, is it on a credit card they already have? Yes. Or is it opening a new credit card? New credit, yeah. If it's on a credit card you have, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I've already got your credit report. I'm not pulling a new credit report. If you're going to go open a new Lowe's account or Home Depot or RC Willie, Stop. Stop it. Don't even think about it. And and that's still, you know, zero. What is it? 12 months, same as cash or whatever the hell these advertisements are. Anything that is going to require your social security number is a Mm no-no because they are going to pull credit and they're going to be a new account. That's right. And we get uh, we get notification notified up until the day that loan closes so that's a good question okay so uh we okay i have gone through an inspection i have gone through an appraisal i have Mm -hmm. gone through my underwriting i have done everything i'm supposed to do my agent calls me up and says hey jeff you know uh camilla says we're clear to close we're going to get your loan docs out next week we're going to close three days later um you know get you ready for your signing appointment uh where in that process do you still, I mean, you guys are still looking at credit. You're still looking we, at employment. We, we are signed up with a program that notifies us. And it's it's really a program that every lender, I think, uses in the today's world. And it will notify us if you go out and get an inquiry. Wow. If you go to Home Depot, you go to the dentist, and you're getting new teeth, or you're going to the Wherever you're going to get your mm-hmm. new whatever, mm-hmm. we get notified. And even you guys check income. You check employment. Like 
verify close employment day of to funding. the end, right? Day of funding. So you, you better not you better not buy your house. Don't quit your job. <laughs> Don't quit your day job, folks. Do not quit your job. But um, can I speak on that? Of course. On that bank thing again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to go back, because it's not everybody. And no. so I know I have friends out there that, you know, used to work at V of A or wherever, banks. Um, I like to say that a lot of those loan officers are kind of order takers. Mm. They're like the waitress. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of like the cook in the back. Mm-hmm. So I have to know, because I don't... I don't get, my phone just doesn't ring all day with leads because I work at a major bank, right? Right. So I've got to know guidelines. I've got to know the backside. I've got to know how to get around the fact that, you know, you were you were doing this and making an hourly wage and now you're over here and you're making something different or whatever. I've got to know all that. But I like to kind of say they're the waitress and what happened with your original file, if you recall... Uh, why we met yeah was you were what four or five days six days from closing we were the legal number of days necessary for you to close the loan <laughs> uh yeah exactly. we, were, we were we were very close to closing and uh the loan officer over at that big, big bank. bank called up and was like deal's dead folks mm-hmm. and the part that sucked so much was that this was my Dear friends, first purchase of a home. Mm -hmm. She had all her contingencies exhausted. Her earnest money was hard. She was going to lose it. And he was an ass about it when he called her. And he was just like, don't know what to tell you, babe. It's dead. That to me was... Heartless. Heartless. And here you are trying to buy... Everything was wrapped up in that purchase. And to just be so flippant and nonchalant. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. And it was the it was actually the I will never forget. I know the two agents. I won't mention them here, but I, I know the two too. agents. I'm still friends with them. And they were like, "You got to call our girl Camilla." Yeah. And we were so apprehensive at that point because I was like, "It's done, dear." I'm, I hate to tell you this. I was, I had never seen anybody get done what you got done, and I was so and sad for like her. You, I don't know why, Jeffrey, but I feel like you called me on a Saturday. Was it? I don't remember. Did you, you find know, out Friday there's certain parts of this that my therapist okay, said I have so to keep. Blocked. I was out by the pool in the backyard <laughs> with my daughter and her friends over there. Right. And I remember having a conversation with that borrower. Right. And telling her, "Here's a deal. You want the house? You're going to do exactly what I tell you to do." Right. Do you remember that? <laughs> she did. She did everything. Everything. She did. And I'm sitting at the on my lounge. Yeah. I used to lay out in the sun, and I don't anymore. Um. But I'm paying for it today. But I remember laying there and going, okay, let me tell you how it's going to go. Yeah. This is what you're going to do. Period. This is, you're going to do everything I tell you to do and we're going to get it done. And I mean, I have some, you know, tricks up my sleeve that I like to. It was also, it was also an REO. It was bank owned and the bank didn't give a crap about our extent. No, it was a short sale. Sorry. It was a short sale. sale. And those short sale lenders didn't care one iota about what your life needed or how much more time you needed. If that wasn't closed by the day on that approval letter, they were going to foreclosure and you were dead. And that's what we were waiting on is that was the letter was expiring and you killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, yeah. That, that was, was how good, we met. Good time in life. But, it's our um, origin story. Anyway, what I was going to say was sometimes there are people that are really good at looking at a credit score and saying, yeah, you've got the money. Let's go. I just had a call from one a very one of my very dear wonderful agents in your office who I love. And um let me tell you she went to a new home project and they sold their house. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. I know about that one. Yeah. And that new home build approved him. Mhm. He's been in contract for them for three months. Yeah, and they just denied him. And they just denied him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, go back to your other lender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just that easy, right? I mean, crazy. Crazy so, girl. Things like that happen, and 
I, I'm sorry. I think you know me well enough to know that that's probably the highest point of my day when I get those calls that makes you me love fixing. giddy. You love fixing. And I, I just, love fixing. I have to tell people, uh, if you need to contact Camilla, her number is 702-596-9954. She doesn't even have it memorized as well as I do. 702 596 9954. Uh, absolutely amazing person to deal with. I do hope that if you are a loan officer out there, you can call her and get tutelage. If you are a uh, realtor out there, uh, add her to, you know what? We, we all have our favorites. Add her to your second, your third. I'd uh, love to be the backup. She's fine being the backup. Love it. And uh, buyers out there, if you're listening to this, that's the person I'm going to refer you to anyway. So you might as well just call her off this podcast and then call me. Uh, 702-596-9954. She is amazing. And thank you. Uh, what's your NMLS ID number? Just so that we're completely three seven seven six eight nine three seven seven six eight nine NMLS ID number. So we're completely compliant. Uh, make sure that they uh, listen all the way to the end. Thank you again. And Camilla, I love you. Thank You're the you best. And I will see you soon. Thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe, everybody. We'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back soon with another informative episode.